0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 130 of the I Am Me podcast. And in today's episode, guys, super excited. We've got a couple of guests here. Um, Firstly is Dan from Wilder House, which you guys know I've interviewed before, and I've been lucky enough to be interviewed on his podcast. He's um, come along as a special guest just to interview as well, actually, uh, in regards to the main guest, which is Tony, who is the CTO of uh, Micro Pets. Now, for those who aren't aware, Micro Pets is a uh, cryptocurrency project within the metaverse on the Binance Smart Chain. And I've been speaking about this now for a while and obviously Dan is on because he's also an investor in the project and we're both super, super excited and super bullish to use a crypto terminology on this project um, for various reasons. And the one being in my personal opinion, besides the you know, technicals that's going on and all the developments that are coming forth, which is incredible for me, the biggest thing was the community. Being accessed, like once I jumped into the Discord and the Telegram groups, seeing the community and being really welcomely warmed by so many people within that. so really become a bit like a second family. And the secondary to that as well was, you know, getting access to so many people within the actual project. A lot of cryptocurrency projects are very private. You don't even hear or sometimes you don't even know who created it. But, you know, uh, know I've been on multiple voice chats with everyone who's been within um, the creators of the company and obviously Tony's given his, his time today. I know you're a very busy man, Tones, but thank you so much for being on. How are you going, mate? Hey, Dom, thanks for having me. Dan, great to be here
1: with you as well. And I'm super excited about this. Obviously, MicroPets, we've uh, been around for over three months now, at this point, just over three months. It's a passion project for sure. Um, we, we treat it like a business. We love it like a business. And every day we wake up excited to do this over and over again. And you're right, man, we have such a great community. That's been like the cornerstone of our project for sure. On top of our great intellectual property, the technology we have, the great development team, the great staff, all that kind of combining working together. It's been the community that essentially is the glue that holds all this together, man. So thank you very much for having uh, myself on here and the ability just to talk about um, what we're kind of working on at MicroPets and how we're a little bit different than most projects out there on the Binance Smart Chain
0: space. Thank you, sir. No, thank you, mate. Again, your time. I know you've done so many calls, and you wouldn't be getting much sleep at the moment. But I guess just before we sort of get into the project, mate, um, you know, I think people, and I know personally speaking to you off off air, is your story. I think that's really important because you know when it comes to any project people will uh, gravitate towards something like I have purely because of the stories that are involved with the project and why you got started and what made you delve into it. So um, I guess first things first, mate, is tell us a little bit about your background. Like, how did you even get into crypto and why crypto? Yeah, my background is, uh, well,
1: quite interesting in that I actually started off my career about 20 years ago as someone who just sweeps the floor in third shift. And I kind of worked my way up through literally every level of business, just through um, focusing on learning, um, working my ass off. Uh, I work nonstop, as you've seen, as you've been part of our community, is that's how I work. And I built my career on just delivering results. I've been in sales, marketing, operations. I've been a consultant for multi-billion dollar corporations, delivering millions of dollars a year in, in savings. And that was kind of like my business background. And then when I got into cryptocurrency and Kind of late 2017 we kind of know what happened there if you've been in crypto during a time that was like the worst time to get into crypto uh, that was the days of like Justin Sun and Tron and saying you know this is the market's gonna pump up it doesn't get any better than this and then it, we all know what kind of happened there is the market dumped down and we entered the bear market you know so you know what uh, kind of brought me back I guess you could say is a little bit uh, earlier this year just getting back into things and uh, market was heating up it was looking pretty good Um and uh, I kind of met my partners in here, Nick and Ryan. And uh, over time, we, we just like really working together as a, this isn't like our first project by no means. Um, so, which I think is important when you when you launch your first projects. I mean, this is tough. This is very tough to run a cryptocurrency project it is not for the faint of heart. And meeting friends like that, that had the work ethic I had, that had the, you know, the enthusiasm for what we were doing in the space, um, looking at things a little bit differently than other projects operate in the space and saying, you know what, we make a good team. We, we call ourselves the tripod. So, you know, meeting those two guys was, I guess you could say critical to, you know, the micro pets being founded and, and put together the way it it was. In fact, it was the three of us working together with, you know, a couple other core team members and saying, you know, what, what could we make in this space that's actually quite different? And, you know, everybody, you know, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people remember the Tamagotchi, like where you had your pet that you could take care of, right? And well, what if, you know, we made the pets and they were based on the most popular memes within the cryptocurrency space? You know, you got Akita, you got Doge, you got Floki. You have all these great projects out there, all with their own bustling communities. Well, what if you took all that and you wrapped all up into a little bit of a gambling aspect as well? And then you added utility for your native token. So if you bought the Micro MicroPets token, then you could actually buy a crate with that. Now you kind of roll the dice a little bit. If you get a, a rarer pet, that earns you more rewards. If you get a lesser pet, that earns you less rewards. So a little bit of a gambling aspect. And then we wrap all that up with our marketplace to you know, enable people to actually sell these to each other, all of which is powered within our application. So you know, it was really like looking at what the space was kind of missing and saying, you know what, let's make something a little bit different. And the features I told you about just now were available on day one, which is also little bit different for us is most projects will kind of launch things off and then build out from there. um, And it usually takes some months before they have a full, full working product. In our case, we already had that already done and established. And I think that's um, another part of what made us a little bit different, I guess you could say in the space. So we're, we're so fortunate for what we have and uh, we're excited for the
0: future as well. Yeah, mate, it's actually funny you said, you mentioned that Tamagotchi and that's exactly how I sort of explain it to people. Um, yeah, that's how I saw it initially was, this is like a digital today's age of Tamagotchi. I think it's really smart because, you know, when it comes to those uh, current metaverse style of games, everyone's kind of got, like looking at what stood the test of time, you know, things like Pokemon, maybe Dragon Ball Z, etc., things like that, that are still quite popular today that haven't sort of what's had the next rerun. And I think Tamagotchi in that, like as a kid, myself personally, like that was the, that was everything back then. And if you can make that in a digital format, um, you know, for sure. And the smartness to, to go through the um, meme coins, the other cryptocurrencies like Doge, Shiba Inu, things like that, they are massive market cap coins though, with a lot of trending popularity in, in definitely... Um, in multiple countries, so if you can, I'm just waiting for that avalanche and cascade effect of you know all those investors in Doge and Shiba Inu and things like that. They're like, oh, well now I can actually buy a real character of that my favorite coin that's made me plenty of money. Let's jump onto this, and I'm waiting for that cascading effect. And I'm assuming that's something as well that you've seen, which is why you went down that route in terms of um, animals to choose from.
1: Absolutely, that's that's exactly right. We almost looked at it like it's sort of like a marketing platform where if we could get the brand established enough and enough people knew about the brand, which by the way, we have 68,000 plus holders right now. So clearly a lot of people know about us. Well, all that being said, if we could get that traction, then projects would actually maybe want to have their, their mascot featured on the app because it would actually add more visibility to them. And we actually have a lot of projects kind of reach out and say, Hey, will you put us on your, on your application? Like will you make a pet off of us? Right. And not all of them are a fit. You know, some will be in the future potentially as well. So i like to hear from Dan. Dan, what what drew you to MicroPets,
2: sir? I'm not going to lie to you, Tony. It was definitely Dom. I've been, um, I've, I've been Dom for, for many years now. And when he hasn't an idea, it's normally a good idea. And he he jumped into the space way before I was ready to, um, but I've just been watching him from a distance and every once in a while, I suppose, would connect, especially at the footy club and would talk crypto a little bit. It was just a a lingo that I didn't quite understand. Uh, For me, I saw a business opportunity where I could actually implement cryptocurrency into a payment method with my business. Um, And then through this, you know, Dom was starting to share stories, not just with his crypto, but, but with MicroPets and uh it's it's funny you say the the tamagotchi scenario it's, it's exactly what i was kind of comp- comparing to it's like a tamagotchi merged in between um the old nintendo 64 game mario and um, I, I just love the whole concept of it all so um as dom shared his stories how it worked um i just did my own research my own due diligence and fell in love with uh, as you said the community you're like a family in there and you. You, um, you kind of, you know, you bounce off each other's energy. It's a really positive uh, conversation that you have in, in your Telegram. I don't use the Discord as much. I find the Discord a very hectic um, place to, to be watching these projects and obviously how people are, you know, running their companies and, and the talk and all that that goes with it. Um, but your Telegram just ran so smooth uh, that, yeah I decided to invest. I, I, bought, a, I bought a pet. I, I staked it, um, grabbed myself an NFT, and then just, just learn along the way. And, and I've got to admit, Tony, you, you've taken your time out to help uh, myself so much with it. And, and you know if you're doing that for me, you're doing that for the whole community. So basically in a nutshell, how I got, how I got a part of it, I'm super excited and super bullish to see what the future sort of unfolds, especially with um, everything that you've implemented lately. Mm-hmm.
1: And I want to touch on something, if you, if you don't mind here, uh, Dom, is uh, what you brought up, Dan, is actually an important uh, part of what I was kind of mentored throughout my career is it's, it's all about the customer, right? And if you look at the customer in this case as the investor, you know, that's where you see like, a, let's call it customer service, investor service, whatever you want to call it. I do that probably every day. I'll do something for someone, they'll reach out, uh, maybe they get scammed. Maybe maybe something really terrible happens to them and they lose all their pets. I've seen all kinds of crazy things happen, or maybe they just need help at all. You know that that's a big part of what I view our project is a little bit different. Is we emphasize that really hard because the more you're able to do that, then you can build a lot more trust with the investor base, which is really important in this space because there are so many scammers and such. Um, you know, that you have to watch out for out there. I mean, it's, it's really, really critical to make sure that you're in a trustworthy project. And I think that level of service and that level of detail also helps further that trust, at least in people's minds too. Then you pair that with a lot of the voice chats and stuff that we do too, and especially recently every day we do them during the week. You know, All that stuff adds that accessibility to the core leadership team, which I think further emphasizes that trust. And for those listening, I can't emphasize enough. You have to be very careful. In this space, I mean, uh, you don't know who's running what, and you could get scammed really fast. So, you know, that's another part of our project is we're a trustworthy team. We've been around for at least three months, and we've done literally nothing wrong. And so, during that time, something could have been done wrong, and we didn't. Um, we've managed millions and millions of dollars worth of tokens and stuff. So, I think a lot of that um, is also giving people comfort. As kind of as time goes on, they see not only the work we put in, but the passion we have for what we built. So I just wanted to touch on that too. And I think that that's important.
0: No, mate. by, by all means that, that's yeah, hundred percent. I agree with everything you said, and that's, you didn't even need to say it that that's the, you know, especially if you've been in crypto for a while, it's a little bit different if you are new, but if you've been in crypto for a while and you do have a little bit of worry, a bit of hesitation, because I have been burned before I've been rug pulled once and it's not a good feeling, but you, you just don't have that feeling at all. Stepping through this, the, the, constant interaction with all the, the admins and the things like that the devs that it's just incredible with that on that side of things so i do commend you for that and as well as the voice chats. like how many how many uh, you know you're lucky to get one voice chat a, a year and you, know, you guys are doing them daily sometimes even twice daily depending on what's going on which is just crazy um just one question mate i wanted to ask was why the binance smart chain i've had that as one as one as one of our questions coming through
1: oh yeah yeah, that's a, good, that's a really good question, actually. Um, it's pretty much just where I met Nick and Ryan, and we've kind of stayed within this space, and uh, the ETH side can be a little bit of a different world, but just keep in mind that the transaction costs are much higher on Ethereum, okay? So, you know, like when you stake your pet, you you know, you have to, that's running a transaction, essentially, and for those listening, you'll, you'll know soon enough what we're talking about here if you get into the space a little bit. Well, those transaction fees on the east side are really high. They can be like 60, 70, 80 dollars, right? Well, on Binance Smart Chain, that's only like a dollar or sometimes 30 cents, you know, to approve a contract. So when you think about that, the way the whole project is set up and then the future vision of the project, all of that is kind of arranged in such a way where it makes the most logical sense to have very low transaction fees. Whereas some of the things on the east side that are a little bit different than us um they don't really have to worry about that as much so overall the the network itself was a better fit although this is just um the space that i'm in right now is the bsc space and you know i don't even have any eth right now so it's, it's just a matter of focus on where we wanted to um, kind of build the project
0: just through the familiarity i guess you could say mm, yeah i agree the, the ethereum fees um were a killer and i i moved all my ethereum projects across um, to the Binance Smart Chain for what I had to then actually, you know, to transfer those into this project um, being so bullish. Well, look, mate, I think, you know, we want to get into the exciting stuff. It's what a lot of people are talking about um, is the future and what's rolling out the roadmap. For those who are new, you know, there's the white paper. So when you go going to, and I'll attach the link to the uh, micro pets on the post for this podcast, but go and check in there, read the white paper, have a look at what the roadmap is for, for this year, which just quarter four alone. And I know I can speak from person. I was only two weeks late to the project. I just came in basically after uh, the Pancake Swap launch thereabouts. Um, and everything that you guys have promised, you've delivered in terms of quarter four last year. And even moving in now so far, every time you guys have something promised, more often than not, you actually do it before the launch date. I guess, firstly, what's the, the importance of that, mate, um, for you guys on the dev side of things to have that consistency and that authenticity on what you promise and rolling it out? And um, then let's roll through on what things you've got coming out, mate, this this quarter. Yeah,
1: thank you very much, sir. So, you know, like I touched back on other projects, you know, let's just be honest, they take forever to get stuff done, right? And so, you know, like I, I call back to a lot of my background is in, you know, operations and management and leadership, that type of thing. Well, a big part of that is arranging a team of people in such a way that you have your objectives, your goals, you lay all that out in front of you, and you come up with what are the core actions that have to be done to get this stuff done on time, right? So it's uh, it's less of a chase, and it's more about keeping everyone on the same page and on task and perfectly aligned. And that's like, I want to say a big um, important aspect to how we run uh, MicroPets is uh, based on that operational excellence aspect of it. You know, that's kind of my background, and that's a big part of my career. And uh, so, that's first and foremost. Is we have development team, we have marketing, we have all these different people. Ryan and Nick have their own specialties and what they do for the project. Right, and that's why we call ourselves the tripod. My wheelhouse is more like the operation side. So. You know, like when it comes to actually getting the exchange listings, that's Ryan, like going out and and handling kind of the paperwork and stuff. But still, you need someone who can oversee and organize, let's say, the chaos that it takes to to run a project that's a multi million dollar project with all these different moving parts and people that are on your team where you really don't even know the real first name in some cases, right? Because it's it's DeFi. So, taking all that into account. You know, we start off with the proper planning and we lay out our objectives and we make sure that things are happening in the time that we set out. And we do add a little bit of padding. And I think that's what makes us a little bit different is when we say we're going to do something, we do it because we already have, I guess you could say the plan kind of laid out and established for that thing to be done in the first place. And that's why you don't really see us say, hey, we're late or this or that or whatever we launch has a lot of problems with it is because we've already had the foresight to actually pad in some time for the problems that usually pop up, right? And then make some quality adjustments and go back and test again, right? And just like when we rolled out our previous updates that we spent um, two weeks rolling out and developing, we actually had most of that stuff on testnet for about a week before we launched that. And so we beat it up for a week. And so then when you have the launch, it comes out really clean. It's, It's a really nice high quality launch and that's, I guess you could say, is a bit of our secret sauce has been the emphasis on all the stuff that leads up to what you're going to roll out. And that's how you get it done on time. So in our roadmap, you know, we, we have numerous things on a roadmap that you could check out for, um, you know, 2022. But I want to say the main thing right now is the Played Earned Game, which is being developed by Cubics, which is a major um, game development studio and blockchain development studio. So you know, pairing both of those levels of expertise into a play to earn game, which is newer in this space. I mean, play to earn is new for most of these app developers, but you have a company that has expertise in both those core areas. We're gonna have a runner game that's gonna come out and people will see um, the trailer on our website. Well, most play to earn games, I wanna emphasize this, you have to be super careful because they reward their native token and then they get sold into the ground. Okay, and that was originally our plan because that's what most people do. They reward their native asset. Well, we're changing things up a little bit differently. We're leveraging our game as a sales funnel in a sense where when you load this up and you connect your wallet, it has your profile that you set up in our application that has your wallet and all the things like kind of allocated to your rewards, so on and so forth. The game then connects with that. But first, there's a button that says new user. When you press that, it teaches somebody exactly how to get a wallet, how to set up a pancake swap, how to buy a pancake swap, how to get their first free pet that they can use in this game, and then begin, begin getting some rewards. Now, here's why this is good, is the rewards are such that it's pictured like a virtual storefront or sort of like a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. I don't know what you have in Australia, but it's like in the arcade. You get your tickets, right? You can use those tickets, and you can buy stuff with them from the shop. So instead of just giving out our native asset to be sold and damage our chart, we're using a shop type feature, but that new user can't buy those things just yet. They have to actually buy a real micro pet from the marketplace or buy a crate and get their random micro pet. So now we've taken somebody who doesn't even have a wallet. We've converted them into a paying client, paying investor whatever you wanna call it. And we've led them through exactly this process of getting into the play to earn and blockchain space, which I think is completely different when you think about the expertise we have in like Facebook marketing. Like I know you're a marketing guy, right? That's why I see you on Instagram for that reason. Dan, the same thing for his brand, right? Well, if you can get your acquisition costs down and you can get your ad expenses down a lot, your cost per clicks are low, your engagement's high in those ads, all that's gonna work in tandem with getting users for the game at a very low cost. And so that'll be a big part of our work moving forward is we already have a really good, um, we have a, our Facebook pixels already warmed up really well. So the ads we run are very cost effective. So if you can imagine us running a ton of ads when these games come out, and this game comes out, drawing in all the new users and educating them in the right way, and making them into paying micro pets, clients, investors, whatever you want to call it. So that's our kind of strategy for the play to earn game, which I think is our next really bullish thing. Um, the other thing we have is the land sale. Uh, and the land sale relates to the Metaverse. So Metaverse, let me simplify it. Anyone who's played like Second Life, or if you imagine like a multiplayer online game, you know, the RPGs, they all have like virtual cities. They have, you know, housing that people owns a lot of that people own a lot of them, right? And this has been the case for years in a lot of these games. They have their own shops, let's say they can set up all this stuff that's kind of arranged in this virtual world, this virtual economy where everyone is kind of working together to increase the value of their overall assets, whether that's the coins that are in their in their bag, or whether that's the things that they craft that they can sell to other people. And so when we think about land, that's going to have its own rarity, it's going to have its own attributes, it's going to have its own buildings that can be built, it's going to have its own type of materials that can be mined or harvested from that land based on the type of land it is, and will support six different ones. And also, wherever that land's positioned then also leads to the value of that land, just like now, if you live to a, in a major city, your house is gonna be worth more than if you're, you know, 50 miles or kilometers outside that city, right? So it's much the same thing. And that land sale is also gonna be done in the native token. So what does that mean? That means even more throughput the application with the application um, with that land sale. All of this is gonna come in this first quarter of
0: 2022. That's yeah. crazy. crazy. Go, Dan, mate, now you go. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's a bit hard to hear. I'm um, out a little bit. Am I? Yeah, you're
2: better now. Good. I was just saying, it's it's crazy how all this is coming in the first quarter of 2022. Um, I know Dom touched on it a bit, saying how you guys have exceeded expectations, and when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, and I know everyone, you know, out there in the crypto space and, and all the gamers are excited for you know the whole metaverse. Um, we have got a little sneak peek. From what you guys are gonna be delivering and and the the graphics or you know the design, what you guys are creating. It, it's looking unreal. Can you elaborate a little bit more on who's designing it or you know, maybe a bit more about their background and and how it came to be and and why you selected that certain team to help you develop what you're doing in the in the metaverse?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, this is recorded, so I'm going to be revealing it here in about a half hour or so. So why not? Okay. So, uh, the company that was selected, and by the way, I want to highlight um, someone on our team, Superman. He's a VP of a Hollywood studio, and he's the one who's helped us kind of uh, source the right studio. Uh, Malik, who's on our team, has worked with him on a lot of the storyline and stuff for what we're going to be kind of using them. And just to be clear, this will be a video we'll be producing that will actually Go alongside with our land sale we will actually build a full website that sells it as well so it'll explain you know the different ways you can acquire land how to get white listed how to be in the different lotteries we'll have enable people to be able to buy the land so on and so forth so with all that context in mind having someone like superman on the team that understands how to produce a video at the i mean the, the guy is a legit <laughs> hollywood vp so he knows exactly about the storylines the different aspects of producing a really high-end video that actually has a little bit of a nice story to it that kind of draws you in and how the just little things like how the characters interact the voices that are going to be used in the video we just had like 10 different voice samples yesterday we were picking from the you know for the voice actors so i mean it's it's a really really high level production and we've chosen engine house which is based in the uk and they've done work for assassin's creed coca-cola and like I showed in the in the chat yesterday, the screenshot, I mean, it's like you're, it looks so incredibly real that you can tell that it's, it's a quality, quality studio with quality animation. And I think that's important because if you're trying to sell something that's gonna be a really cool thing in the future, why wouldn't you make it a really cool high-end video? You know, if you go on Fiverr and just hire out someone for a hundred dollars, it's yeah, maybe it'll work, but it'll be crap. However, if you have somebody who's extremely skilled as this studio is, and they're the ones who help you kind of bring your vision to life, and now you look at the 3D assets that you already have that are part of that video and you say, how can I take those assets and kind of slice them up a little bit and use them on the website so things look even crazier and more premium, more high level, right? That's how we think here at MicroPets. And I could tell you the other thing Dan that you touched on is like, how do you guys do all this stuff at once? Well, here's the thing that most projects get wrong, and maybe I'm kind of revealing the secret sauce is, you know, if you look at NASCAR, do they wait for the car to arrive before they get their tools out? No, they don't. They're already there. They're already prepared. And I think most people wait until, like, step one is done, and then when that's done, they do step two, and they don't look at it like you can do multiple things in parallel paths. The same people making the game are not the same people doing the animation video, and they're not the ones that are going to be building the smart contracts for the land sale. That's all different people. And so if you just look at all those as different parallel paths that can work together cohesively, getting them all together with the with the plan established enables all this stuff to get done. Because if you just wait for one thing to get done before you start the next thing, your timelines stretch out very far. So that's a little bit different in how we approach um, from an operation standpoint, how we run the project. And uh, that's why we selected that studio. And uh, we have Superman on the team. Uh, That's pretty much one of his major responsibilities now is overseeing all of that. He meets with them every day. And we're super excited to have that video because just being able to market that as well is gonna be incredible. Because if it's an eye-catching, captivating thing, then just like you guys know in marketing, it's all about a pattern interrupt, right? That's why what you post on your Instagram feed has to look different than what else is out there because you wanna capture that attention. So if you use the same fiber people as everyone else with those cheesy animations, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna be a standout thing. But if we do something that kicks ass and it looks like really high end premium, when people are scrolling by, they're gonna be like, wow, I gotta check that out. What is that, right? They become intrigued. And so that's a big part of our strategy too, has been, although it takes longer, it gets done right, and it's high quality, and because we're working in all this stuff in parallel, it still actually gets done pretty quick.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely crazy. And Just to reiterate, the project's three months old. That's why I've just been so up and about talking to everyone that has any interest in crypto about this, even people that are not interested in crypto, all these developments... Are absolutely insane i guess to sort of just keep just a step back because i know we've got a lot of listeners that will be quite new to crypto um so you know the concept of metaverse is probably a little bit confusing to a lot but it, you know you are thinking of um you know uh reality-based games when you are playing those games um but it's you know for example like the sims and you've got those Is that how essentially you're looking at the metaverse being where you're playing as a character or you're playing as your dog? Like what do you, how do you look at that being on a visual standpoint coming to the basis of using a a game as an example? Yeah, I think the Sims,
1: now that you brought that up might actually be a good way to think about it. Only it's the Sims in sort of like a, a world with other Sims that you can visit, right? And you can buy from them and you have the shops and everything kind of all set up. So the easiest way to think about it is like a second life or a massive multiplayer on, online, you know, MMORPG, basically, in a sense, you know, which have been around for years, as they all have these virtual economies. And you have, whether it's gold, coins, or whatever, all that has, you know, basically that's the currency, the digital currency that's actually traded within them. So, you know, which also has its own value. So it's, it's all, I guess, at a high level to explain it, it's a world that's kind of isolated to our intellectual property and enables people who have these pets um, to not only be the pet and go around and explore these different areas, but also interact and engage with each other and drive value for each other through trade, through community development. We have um, achievements we're gonna have, we have contests that we're gonna have within the game, different shops and experiences and entertainment things that will be within that. So keeping all this stuff in mind, it's almost like you're in a virtual world as this character and you kind of lose track of yourself for that brief period of time, right? Because you're in there, you're kind of exploring that um, world much like an MMORPG, you're interacting with other live people as well, which is a really cool part of it. Uh, Metaverse could also be despite, uh, defined a little bit differently too. Like if you look at Zuckerberg, where you put on the virtual reality headset and then you look and you see your virtual dog or whatever, right? You know, that's that's a little bit of a different type of thing than like what we're talking about we're talking about an ecosystem that's built with our intellectual property, like a big game if you think about it in a sense. And it actually adds utility and value to all these different assets within the game. Like Sandbox is another one you can look at. It's out there in cryptocurrency space where you could buy these virtual plots of land. Like Snoop Dogg has his own plot of land. They have concerts, all kinds of cool stuff on there, right? So that's the way, the the best way I think you could think about it is like a virtual property that you own, you develop, And the more pets and resources you have, then the more money you can make and the more value you can increase of your assets. Those assets being um, whatever coins you have in your wallet. The Petropolis token is what um, we're calling our metaverse. So uh, Petropolis token is the native asset there. Um, The pets token itself, if people are buying the land from each other and there's throughput on the application, that increases the value of the native token there. The land itself, the value of the land as it's developed, as it's leveled, as it has the buildings on it, that could be sold to others. And then you also look at the value of the NFTs. We have 2D NFTs and we have 3D NFTs as well. So all these things kind of working together cohesively in the system to add value to each other in the right way. And that's another reason why we brought on um, Anthony recently out of the team on the finance side is uh, that's basically what he does is he looks at economies and and tries to figure out um, how to make sure you're not basically creating a poison pill. So one thing drops the value of Of let's say an important asset. Um, Conversely, what it does is it actually makes sure that all the assets are gaining in value over time. That's really what um, the next steps are for us as a project, and also as we expand into the
0: metaverse. Yeah. Crazy developments. I appreciate you letting us know because I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, hang on, how do I make money? I think people that are a little bit understanding of crypto know about the staking asset aspect of things. But I know that that concept of virtual land um, virtual, essentially, real estate can go over the head of people a little bit. So I appreciate how you you explain that. But, um, you know, I guess in the interim, because that is a little bit further down the line of, of the, well, not too far away, but still a little bit away. We've listened to listening into it now with what we currently have available. Like I know I can speak of, essentially, you've got your 2D NFTs and your 3D NFTs. We've just recently gone through a major change for any current investors through the staking pools. And if you haven't already, um, as per the normal uh conversation has check pin messages in the uh in the telegram group as most people don't tend to do but um you know can you just let us a little bit n- uh, know as to because we just changed the staking pools to obviously to the fifteen thirty 30 day to then another change again so you know to the everyday investor that might be a little bit annoyed about that i understand and i know dan understands that's the reason as to why but do you want to like, alleviate as to why those changes have been made
1: yeah yeah that's that's a great point uh, so when we first started the project we actually had like a certain portion of our rewards that were set to go over the course of six months okay and meanwhile you're competing with all these other projects in the space that have nfts that are staking and they're earning rewards so users who you know listeners who don't understand this part of it since you're going to take your 3d nft that you buy with the tokens you're going to put them into a pool and you're going to earn rewards based on however many much is in that pool. So if you're the first in that pool, you're going to earn a lot of rewards. And as more people enter, then you get less portions of those rewards. That's the simplest way to think about it from a staking standpoint. So when we looked at that after we launched, we were like, man, our rewards kind of suck in comparison to everyone else. And so we increased them and we increased them a couple of times. And then finally we were you know, kind of matched up with everyone else and our market cap like exploded. We blew up from a $550,000 market cap on launch to nearly a two hundred and dollars market cap within three weeks, which is a growth pattern. I don't think it's ever been seen in the space. I've yet to see a project that could, that even came close to that. It was It was literally like a face melting pump. Okay, so that being said, now you have like, you know, tons of rewards you're giving out. Well, at that market cap, the rewards are extremely valuable. And so we've given out over the course of um, the past three months, $10.5 million in rewards, and it could potentially be even more. And all of that is actually selling pressure. And so you know, that obviously was a massive, um, I want to say a detrimental thing for a project that we've been working to solve for a long time now, because now, you know, when you dial down rewards, then people get upset, right? And so you know we we tried locking up the rewards with the originally, our staking pools had no locks on them. and then we changed it so that we locked up the rewards. um and we and people who locked up longer periods got more percent. But that's kind of just delaying your problem in a sense, right? And so that being said, we saw what happened when the unlocks happened, it dipped down more, and we're like, man, what can we do to fix this? We've got to fix this because we love the project. We know what we have here. We just got one problem. We just solve this one problem. We know things will work themselves out. We have a great team, we have great technology, we have all kinds of great stuff coming up, but this is killing us here these rewards. And so then we thought about well, what can we reward that actually pumps up the chart? And so that's where we kind of thought about well, we have BNB in our marketing wallet that we've been, you know, and historically like spending on coin market cap trending. I know you mentioned that's how you found us, but over time that stops working. And then you're spending like a lot of money, it's not a little bit of money, it's a lot of money on these marketing things that just don't pay off. And so we said, why don't we take the stuff that we spent on billboards and coin market cap trending, tens of thousands of dollars? Take all of that, and then we give that to people as a reward. So doing that seems like a much better thing. And now we look at the NFT supply was really high, and we say, okay. If we want to reduce the overall NFT supply, people will need an incentive, a financial incentive to go ahead and do that. So what if we create a burn mechanism, which is what evolution is? So if people have, um, let's say, the lowest um, level pet from season one, which is the Akita, maybe they have two of those. Well, they can combine those and they'll burn one of those Akitas and they'll get an evolved Akita that takes 14 days. And so after that enters the staking pool, now that's going to earn B&B as a reward which is for those of you that are listening, that's essentially what's, what's used to buy our native assets. So that's, that's a buy in the chart, right? That could be incredible, especially if we pair that with a button that enables you to buy with zero tax because there's a 7% tax on a buy and sell for a project as well, which people will see on our website. So we looked at that and we said, all right, now we'll just allow all the adult pets, let's say to go into the evolution pools and evolve. And the ones that you know in, let's say the native asset, the pets tokens rewards, which we've given out 10.5 million, which have, which have been the selling pressure, we're gonna take that and we're gonna button that up real tight. We're not gonna give out you know a lot of tokens there. So to put it in perspective, most months we would allocate um, 10% of the supply now to those pets tokens rewards. Now it's like 5%, it's much, much less. Well, why is that? Well, we want people to be more inclined to burn the NFT, reduce the supply, but also get a reward that benefits the project. And so then there's an incentive for people to do that. And our larger investors or longer term investors love that. The people who were just here each month just to claim the rewards and sell them, now they're all mad, right? Well, that's great because we don't want to make those people happy. They're the ones who have been selling on us the whole time. Okay. So we're excited to see how these changes roll out. We literally just rolled them out uh, four days ago from when we're talking today, you know, February 1st, it was uh, previous Friday when we rolled out all these changes and you know the new pools aren't even active yet so we're excited to see how all this works out that being said that was kind of our past and why we made these changes moving forward is it was out of necessity we didn't we knew that if we didn't make the change if we kept rewarding the native asset and that native asset kept being sold that eventually we would we would end up at zero which is basically what happened to like pretty much every other project in the space that was similar to us. Um, with the nft rewards the same ones where we said look we're competing with them they're high rewards you look at them now they're all gone to the toilet we're like the last uh, remaining let's say and i think we made the pivot in such a place where we still had a great community behind us we still have a great development team and now we've got i think a great idea to bring us forward with the right rewards to pump this thing back up so that's in a sense where we were before the changes we made and kind of the reasons why
0: And as, as someone a relatively new investor, do you want a question based on the liquidity pools and stuff and the new pools? I don't know if you're still there, mate. I don't really have a... Can't hear you again, mate. That's right. Hey, um, remarkable, I think, in
2: addition to your BNB has been. So um, I was, you know, a little bit late to the party with this whole project. Um, I like the pets token and how you can use it in the store, and but I didn't quite understand, you know, why you were still using BNB to to actually buy the two D NFTs. Um, obviously, it was a plan going forward, and you've and you've implemented to your now your new staking pool. Um, one of the questions actually from um, did a little story on my Instagram, and I've a few little uh, um, a guy called Jay has asked about the staking, and. Um, one of the things he wants to ask, how is it working so far with all the demos that you've done? So obviously before you've implemented it, you guys have done all the testings and you've done all the calculations. How is that working on your end and how do you see it benefiting all the investors, especially the newbies that are gonna be coming on board?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And so like kind of setting us up for that is we didn't just like make a change and say, all right, let's see if this works. So. We actually brought someone onto our team. Um, I mentioned Superman. So Superman um, is the VP of that Hollywood studio I brought up before. Well, he has a best friend and his best friend so happens to be the vice president of of a Wall Street investment firm that manages hundreds of billions of dollars in assets. Okay. So he goes, hey, you should get my friend on board. He might be able to help you. So I said, all right, any." know, this is a people game. Having the best people is critical to your project being a success, right? So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, all right, if this guy's saying this is a good guy to talk to, we're going to talk to him. And we started talking to Anthony, um, which you guys have heard him speak in the chat, I'm sure. And Anthony, you know, helped us basically build out some different models based on how many pets we have with with, uh, several different scenarios as well. So we were able to kind of look at this thing and say, all right, based on the current NFT supply, if we made these changes, well, let's have a conservative, you know, what if 30% of people evolve their pets? What do the rewards look like for that, for these different pets? It actually looks really good with the 600 BNB going in there. Well, what if 50% do? That still looks good, right? Well, what if 70% do? The aggressive one. So we have these different, I want to say, variables that are kind of put in place for us to kind of visualize these rewards. Now, it's important to recognize that the 600 BNB we're giving out right now are just the ground floor rewards. So that's where we're at right now. We've also committed that as the market cap pumps up, that we're going to give out even more rewards. So if we hit, like, let's say we hit um, a 50 million dollar market cap, the rewards will be at least 800 BNB for the next 30 days. So based on our floor, based on our performance, we're going to go back and we're actually going to make the adjustments we need to the rewards pools and incentivize the right behavior, which I think is really super important as, as I think our long-term investors want to hear is we, we're kind of taking a measured approach now with these rewards in a way that we never have before. And I just had a meeting on Sunday morning with our core development team, the same guys that built all of our smart contracts, same guys that built our application and Anthony and Anthony's database programmer guy And so then we can actually, we set up a a system in a sense, um, using something called Morales, where we can actually connect to our blockchain um, technology our contract, pull in all the data, all the details, because everything's completely transparent on the blockchain. We'll be able to pull in all these details. And I got guys that specialize in not only financial analysis, but also all the programming around that, that are then going to look at the different staking rewards. They're going to, we have a whole laundry list of stuff that we're eventually going to be able to monitor and create, and all that's going to be wrapped up in a Tableau dashboard, which is a business intelligence system. So, if you guys think we're we're I don't want to swear, but we're we're effing around here, we're not. We're uh, we're taking this very seriously. We're getting the right people on the team um, to transition this and make this project into what we know it it's supposed to be from market cap level, and we're going to work our asses off to see that through to fruition. And I think. You know, what I just laid out, I'm curious to know what you guys think of that because that was the first time I kind of laid out in full details exactly what we're doing from a rewards monitoring standpoint and the decisions we'll make moving forward as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, I appreciate you letting us know that because some of this stuff you haven't actually told to everyone yet. You know, you're letting the group know in, in the next 15 minutes. Um, so, firstly, thank you for letting us know. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think for me, because as well, I've, I've, Done. I've been around crypto for a while. It makes sense. It all makes perfect sense. You know, people hate change. People don't want to see things differently. Like, you know, yes, this whole process now is rewarding people that actually want to stick around. What we call the "quote unquote" diamond handers—the people that don't want to sell and actually want to stick around for a long time because they can see the success in it—and the change had to be made. And I really do appreciate the the new shift into the BNB. Yeah, it's a bit of steps involved, but you can see you're basically. You know you're you're crossing off a lot of you know slight issues not so issues but just growing pains. things to have more sustainability you know too much too many nfts too much cell pressure you're fixing all of these little tiny little um growing pains in one drastic development and i think it's absolutely incredible and the bnb rewards makes heaps sense the fact i think you had touched on the fact that there will be no cell tax um, no buy tax as well, you know, if you keep reinvesting on that BNB and the fact there is no lock-in with that, that one you can harvest daily. So as you continue and you've shared with us the compound strategy on um, using the evolved pool and the unevolved pool, and I think it's absolutely incredible for people that want to keep reinvesting into the project because you can have two pools working at the same time, mate. So, no, I think it's absolutely incredible what you guys are doing. Although it's some initial, you know, sticking growing pains, um, I think you know, coming out of the tops, mate awesome really awesome the next thing i just wanted to ask mate was um uh just this one question i had that looking on on coin market cap slightly off topic i know but it was just a question that wanted to be asked um the micro pets saying that you've your max supply and obviously circulating supply so there's obviously a slight discrepancy on the the circulating supply um is there a reason as to why or where those tokens are
1: yeah, you just brought up a major pain point for us is actually so you see that blue check mark that's also next to that as well right yeah and uh and to get that you actually have to have like their researchers at coin market cap actually research your token now here's the thing that we don't really like is we have a max supply of 10 trillion right and all of it's fully accounted for however whatever the team controls in the staking pool and the marketing wallet, and all these tokens that we control, they take that out of the circulating supply. The only way you can get that number corrected so you have your true market cap is to lose the blue check mark. And so you're kind of like stuck in that position. But if you go, you know, for those of you listening, you can find out really quick where all the tokens are at for a project is you just basically go to the holders list and there's a chart. You can check that chart. That shows you right there where everything's allocated. So, you know, from a safety standpoint for people listening in, you know, that's usually one of the first things you want to go to is check out that chart of the tokens holders because that shows you where it's all allocated. Like right now, I can see I've got 36% right now of the supply that's in our application. You know, so right there, that would be taken out of the supply right off the bat by CoinMarketCap. You know, the researchers, when they first... look into giving you that blue check mark. So that's actually something you have to try, you have to kind of apply for, it takes a little bit of effort. Uh, I'm not sure if you pay for it or not because Ryan sets the whole thing up. But anyway, all of that, if we change that, then that's a problem. What you really wanna do if you're looking to get the true market cap of projects like ours, and, and I will say that it's not just our project, you could pick any project with taxes or staking or whatever, and you'll see that the market cap is wrong on coin market cap for that very reason, which doesn't make any logical sense when the name is coin market cap. <laughs> being said, you look at uh, poocoin and you'll see the true market cap of the project. Um, that's a good one. Also I think uh, Dex tools, another one, that one you can usually see the, the, the market cap there. Um, it looks like it's actually a little bit off. It says ours is 11 million. it's actually 12.5 million right now. So these sites aren't perfect and they do take things out of the supply that you really want in there so you can get the accurate number. And as you take that out of the supply, then your circulating supply goes down and then it messes your market cap up. And you'll see that in all projects like ours, like I said, it's not all that uncommon. But it does really suck because you do like you really do want the right thing reflected on your project on there. Like I said, the only way to do it, though, is to
0: lose the blue check mark yeah mate thank you for that and that's one thing i've loved your voice full discrepancy and open and honest the whole time with any questions um, just a lot of you know some projects the owner might keep and have some of them on the back and then dump the price you know you hear those kind of stories really bad so that's just why that question came about we've got time probably for two more questions to squeeze in because i know we've got to get you on the next one mate so um, dan do you have one last question yeah i no. yeah. Sorry, mate, your your connection's horrendous. Guys, oh, is it still not
2: going through, guys? I do
0: apologize. I can okay, hear you now.
2: You can hear me now? Perfect. Um, so this is from Lawrence. Lawrence has asked me via Instagram myself an NFT how does this look like with the game? How's it going to get implemented? So I believe Lawrence got himself a 2D NFT just wondering how you are gonna implement this sort of NFT into your game?
1: Yeah, for like the, well, for the overall metaverse, I guess is the right way to think about it. For the play to earn game, it's not gonna be like part of the play to earn game in a sense, it's gonna be more or less, the best way I think to look at it is it's more or less like an access pass right now, where if you have one, like right now the utility is you can buy crates earlier, then you can start getting the pets sooner. Um, we're also going to have it set up as a lottery for the land sale, like I mentioned. You know, So there's things like that that'll actually enable us to have more utility. In fact, I just met this morning with part of the team and uh, Nick, Ryan, uh, Superman, um, Diamond Handed, another one that you've seen all the time in the chat. And he actually put forth even more ideas to add more utility to the 2D NFTs. So our current development pipeline, you know, puts the play in game like first and foremost with the things we have to get done for like the, the storefront solutions and things like that uh, for the play and game. That being said, um, after that work is done, then it's really looking at the marketplace, looking at the 2 NFTs, and figuring out how we can add even more utility to them. Because we know that's a current opportunity for the project is if we can add more um, utility to those 2 NFTs, then more people are gonna wanna buy them, right? So Um, That also has alongside it a really good giveaway of hundred grand, you know, when they're fully uh, sold out um, to one person and 50 grand across spread across 10 different people alongside with a charity giveaway of hundred thousand dollars and we sell at 50%. You know, so there's a lot of good we're doing with this too, but we know that at 30% sold, there's obviously much more opportunity to sell even more of these. And the driver for that is going to be the utility that we add into them. So For those of uh, you that are actually holding those, I will say that uh, holding more is going to be great, um, especially in the future within the next, I would say, probably six weeks or so as we kind of wrap up the things for the play to earn game. Not that the game is going to be launched in six weeks, but my whole point is as soon as that's done, then we get into the development of the next steps within the pipeline, which will add that utility that I think a lot of people have been asking for. And uh, it's all a work in progress. Like you mentioned, Dom, we're – uh, still only three months old. so And we've actually done a lot within that space of time. So there's still a lot more to come here.
0: Dan, good question. Thanks for that, Dan and Tony. Like there's so many, because there's so many moving parts to this project. There's like, I've got a question here and here there, and I'm conscious of time. So um, I, I will make this into a bit of a two-part question. Um, firstly, uh, some more of the news wanted to sort of ask is when you do purchase a crate, Firstly, that obviously those tokens, you know, two hundred twenty-five mil. Um, where where does that those tokens go? Are they going back into circulation? Are they going into the project? And second to that is, and I'll actually, I'm going to ask you three questions. But the second one is to that is, well, is there any intention for a burn in terms of the token supply later down the track? Yeah, so that's
1: that's a good question. I actually get asked about burns all the time. Uh, so first and foremost. Um, That wallet that I mentioned that holds like 30 something percent, the top wallet there, that's what is receiving all the tokens. So that's always in full transparency. Wherever those are at, that's where they get allocated to is that specific wallet. Okay. So, you know, and we obviously get more tokens when we have the marketplace sales, we got the 2% listing fees, um, the land sale that'll come out, all of that. And I guess you could say what makes us a little bit different is we're so used to managing like millions and millions of dollars worth of tokens that it doesn't really I want to say scare our investor base as much because here you've got a team that was up at like 200 and something million. And if they were going to do something, they certainly would have done it then. You know what I mean? So, so that uh, definitely gives us more faith, I guess you could say for, for, um, from our user base um, from that standpoint and, and kind of what those, what those tokens are kind of used for. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's sort of, uh, I guess you could say, you know, what, what has been a good thing for trust for us is you can go on that holders list at any point in time you can click on any of those wallets and then you can actually see in that holders list all the transactions happening in real time and so i think that does give investors a level of trust as they they can see the staking pools have been filled you know that's also a wallet that you know receives tokens so all this stuff done in in full transparency let's say um, throughout the project what was your second question oh about the burn right Um, Let me just lay something out. And this is important for your listeners. Okay. We get asked for a burn a lot. And I want you to think about what does the burn do it, it pumps up the price. Okay, because you're reducing your supply, you're burning your supply up. Well, first of all, you might need those tokens later for exchanges. You know, you might need them later for rewards. Now you've basically effed yourself by burning them all up and sending them to a dead address. And all that does is temporarily increase the price of your token, because here's what it does is if nobody bought the token, does that really add to the liquidity pool at all? Does it, you know, the fundamentals of the project don't change at all. However, you've just done something that is designed to basically pump the price up without deepening that liquidity pool. Well, what does that do? That actually adds more volatility and more downside when people do sell as it pumps up. So I think that's something that people don't consider is the burn events are really like temporary things and doesn't really drive a lot of long-term value. In fact, it could actually screw you even more so by doing the burns. So that's why we don't do them. And uh, the the smarter investors, or I don't want to say smarter, the more experienced investors when they hear me say exactly that, they like that response because they know that that's the truth. They know that burns are just short-term pump and dump events that And for the listeners out there, whenever you hear that, we're going to be burning these tokens. That means that maybe they're out of ideas for marketing. Maybe they don't have anything else coming. And that's one of their only options to say, you know what? We've got this stuff sitting here. Let's do a burn event because we got to pump this up. And what happens then? A lot of times they'll sell on top of you. So you
0: got to be super careful with that. Yeah, you do, mate, 100%. Again, thank you so much for that. Mate, to just to finish up the podcast, firstly, I want to say a huge thank you to both you two. And I also would like you to finish off, Tony, to say someone who's listening to this is um, looking to be a potential investor. Why micro pets, mate? I would say because we have a lot of fun with the product that we have.
1: We have such a great product that you can own your own pets and stake the pets that are earn the rewards. We have the game coming out. We have the metaverse coming out. So if you're looking to get into a project early, especially one with a very experienced development team, like you heard me speak today, that started once. I know exactly what's going on with every single aspect of this entire project. As my partners, Nick and Ryan, we're that deep into that, that, we're that deep into it, we're that passionate about it, literally every single detail. And so that I think is why you want to trust us more so than others in the space and I encourage you join the voice chats. Look at the community. Um, after you've listened to this podcast, go to other projects and kind of look and see what they're doing. You can even compare them to us and our execution. I think you'll see first and foremost why we might be a great bet. So that's what I would say. If you're gonna, if I have to sell somebody on why you should buy into MicroPets, just watch what we do, watch our actions, look at what we have going, look at what we have coming up and ask yourself, is this something that you would wanna be part of? And a lot of people have said yes. I mean, it's been such a great uh, community that we have here, a great investor base, and we're excited for these changes to roll out and reduce the selling pressure, uh, especially with what I'm about to roll out here in less than an hour.
0: Mate, again, thank you so much, mate. We've got a minute to spare before you to jump on the next. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart, both myself, Dan, really do genuinely appreciate your time and just how open you've been, mate. father, you know, busy family, busy life, and you still spend time and do things like this, mate. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me guys. It's been a pleasure.
2: Uh, thank you, Tony. Really mean it, mate. Thanks Tom, for having me. Um, have a good one, guys.
0: Appreciate you all, guys. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. I will speak to you all in the next episode. Bye for now.